0: Where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love known for the friends The adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea! Ooh. Check out their huge, mungus, ginormical selection of nerdy, fun t-shirts at popuptea.com. They have a shirt for every nerdy thing you could possibly think of. I'm serious. Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order on popuptea.com. Even the clearance stuff, which is already so low in price. But go and check them out and thank you to our sponsor, pop Go check them out at popuptea.com. Hello everybody, how you doing? Hope you're all well, hope you're hanging in there, hope you're hunkered and bunkered Uh, Thank you for joining us here on another issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast This is a special spotlighting interview with a comic book creator that I seriously respect Uh, His name is Curtis Clow Uh, Without further ado, I'm just going to get right into it, enjoy He sat down, we talked about Beastlands and his other comic, uh, Slightly Exaggerated Take a listen and enjoy. Sit back, relax, get a beverage, maybe some popcorn, and enjoy an interview with me and Curtis Clow. Here you go. Okay, guys, I am here with Curtis Clow. You got something special coming up right now. He is the creator of the comic book, two comic books that I just read recently that I seriously enjoyed, Beastlands and Slightly Exaggerated. How you doing there, Curtis?
1: I'm good. I'm excited to chat. Always fun to talk comics.
0: Yes, thanks for coming on to the SunSpot Comics Podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: And we met at uh Long Beach Comet Expo, I believe, in January. Yep. Yeah. Before all the madness when life was it was a much simpler time.
1: Yeah, that's when I still had a full schedule of cons planned out for the whole year. I didn't know that was gonna be my only con, actually.
0: Man, that's bananas. Like I you were the highlight of that con. It was a very small con that this this time around. And you were I I grabbed issue number one of Beastlands and you and you thank you nicely autographed it for me. Thanks again. And uh, I just love this from the get go. Before we get into the comic, though, I just like to talk to you to kind of get to know you a little bit. And so I got some questions for you. Um, like, what do you uh, how, first in all this that's going on uh, in our world now? Like, like, how are you doing? How are you and How are your loved ones? Like, how are you, you know, how you living and how is everything going with that?
1: I'm doing okay. I just try to stay off the news, try not to hear anything too crazy. Um, nobody I know, like nobody in my immediate family, has gotten sick or anything. So luckily, it hasn't affected me too bad. Um, but it is a strange time for sure. And if you pay attention too much, it can give you a lot of anxiety. And it's a weird time.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I'm with you. But I'm the glad biggest th- thing
1: for me is the no cons. Uh, I had definitely had a lot scheduled this year, and it, that's like a big part of being a writer, and meeting. Meeting people like you to to get your stuff out there. Meeting editors, publishers, all that stuff. Meeting fans.
0: Yeah, nobody's meeting anybody, right? Nobody's flying yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy time. But uh, and we'll get into your Kickstarter very soon, which man was just it was super successful. But uh, like, what do you um, what are you into lately? What are your interests? Doesn't have to be comics, but like, what are you? What's filling your your time? Everybody's spending so much time at home now. Like, what are you? Uh, what stuff interests you right now?
1: Uh, besides reading comics, uh, my favorite game series just came out, Last of Us, so I've been playing, uh, since the Kickstarter went so well, I finally had some time to play Last of Us Part Two, and I think I'm getting close to the end, but it's a, an amazing game, like, really, really uh, great storytelling and gameplay mixed together. Um, besides that, some board games, uh, Dice Throne is a really fun board game I've been playing.
0: Hmm. I've been wanting to get into board games, so Dice Throne, thank you. Thanks oh yeah, for that. and
1: that's, it's great for beginners, you can play it with just two people, it's kind of like uh, versus action, and then they have like a co-op mode coming out this summer. But yeah, really fun game, it's like uh, kind of streamlined for like new people to board games.
0: I'd love that, the only board game I play is chess, so I'd love something like a little simpler, a little more fun, a little less strategic, you know, just to kind of kick back and have a little fun with. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, I will definitely look into that, thank you for the the referral and uh and what other like um let's talk a little bit about your comic book journey like where did it start from what was the first comic book that you read if you that you remember
1: uh as a kid i had a few but uh i didn't really like i was i was really drawn to them as a kid but i didn't really read them i had like a wolverine a spider-man comic a silver server comic but i think i had like two mature for me at the age because i was really young so I didn't really start reading them until a few years ago, like maybe back in like 2013. I really got into like the indie comic scene, um, backing projects on Kickstarter, and then uh, kind of found images stuff. Uh, big fan of Rick Remender, um, and just a ton of images catalog really speaks to me.
0: Nice, yeah, I'm a big fan of Rick Remender as well. Like, where, where are you? Like, tell me, where are you from? Like, where, where do you originate from? I am
1: from Maryland. Um, and then I moved out to California on my own when I was 19. So, about seven or eight years ago. And then uh, I've always wanted to do something creatively. So, I, originally, I was thinking of like writing a story and making a game out of it. And then that was around the same time where I, I kind of fell in love with comics, reading them. So, then that kind of just transitioned into making comics, which is a lot cheaper and easier than making a game or anything else.
0: Yeah, I saw that you had a, a game, or you worked in gaming, and some of your uh, gaming work was uh, is on Steam, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it kind of came back around, so I kind of started in the gaming, and then uh, went to comics, and now I've been getting some writing work for some other games. So it's kind of uh, circled back around, which is nice. cool.
0: What are, what are some comics you're reading right now that you're enjoying?
1: I'm on uh, Black Science, Volume 9, uh, the last nice. one for Rick Remender. Uh, I just picked up Ronan Island. I have Isola, Volume 2. I'm going to grab that tomorrow. That's one of my favorite series out right now. Nice. Um, and then what else do I have? Uh, I picked up uh, Six-Gun Gorilla. Uh, Simon Spreger is another one of my favorite writers, so I love to just read all of his books. That That's I've so read. much
0: fun. I love Six-Gun Gorillas. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> We've been going into uh, some of the things of the past, like uh, we've switched up the format of this podcast a little bit, and a buddy of mine have been going into like volume ones of like uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and uh, and just taking some some deep dives into some you know classic comics that we both missed. So uh, I, I highly that recommend is one that. I missed,
1: but I know everybody loves that one, so I, I, I want to pick that up for sure.
0: Yeah, and check out my podcast uh, just a few pods ago uh, where we, we kind of break down the the, the book one. And a Valmore Swamp thing, so uh, we spoil it like crazy. So maybe read it first, but uh, <laughs> that's one I'd recommend no, I, to
1: you. Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, as a writer, I'm like obsessed with the writing craft and obsessed with different writer styles. So, like, I when I read it, I like to enjoy it, but I always like to just study how different writers work and how their storytelling style is. So
0: nice. Well, it it does uh, pay off. It does. It it lives up to what everyone says about it. So I'll definitely grab it. Yeah, I would definitely. It's it's dense, but it's it's a it's joyous, and it's uh it's definitely uh it, it it crosses the line and it 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 goes into some areas that really surprise you. So I, I definitely recommend that. So tell us your um a little bit about your comic book journey. How did you get started in comics? Uh,
1: started in comics just by making them. Uh, About maybe five or six years ago, I transitioned into trying to make my own comic and just like researching a ton online. Jim's Up has a a great blog. There's some resources online you can learn a little bit about making comics, Um, and then hiring an editor, and just throwing my first comic on Kickstarter, Um, and that was the first one on Kickstarter was 2017, by the time I got around to that, and now I'm on my ninth Kickstarter.
0: Nice. And you've been... Just crushing it on Kickstarter. I, I was just surprised by, not really surprised by the numbers, because looking at the quality of your comics, uh, the numbers didn't really surprise me. So I can't, I, I mean, I was just, uh, I was uh, pleasantly, happily, you know, when I saw the numbers, I was like, all right, this makes sense. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, this <laughs>
1: Kickstarter has been insane. Uh, I've never had one do this well. Uh, this is like, Four times, like my previous most was twelve thousand for issue three of Beastlands, and the most backers we ever had was four hundred sixty-seven. But we're almost at nine hundred backers, and I think it's at like forty-six thousand, so it's crazy. This is wow. for like the full Beastlands volume one.
0: Well, what does that feel like? You put in the the blood, the sweat, and the tears. You jumped into comics by making them. How did how did that feel to you to have that kind of successful Kickstarter run?
1: Oh man, it's, uh, I mean, this is what I think everybody dreams of like their first Kickstarter being when you start making con- comics, but you quickly realize and get humbled that this takes a lot of years and years of relaunching and making new ones. And this is my ninth one and, and fifth one for Beastlands, so it's kind of like the, it just happened to be that it just got big because of uh, it's been building up to this. But it feels amazing though, like all the work paying off. Um, I mean, I put myself in the debt working day jobs to try to make these. And now it's like kind of all paying off. And now I do this stuff full time. So it's, it's especially nice to, uh, to get some extra money through Kickstarter.
0: Oh, man. Congratulations. That's the win when you can you can actually say I work in comics full time, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I quit my day job about six months ago. So it's uh, it's been amazing, like being able to wake up and do what I love every day.
0: What timing too, for you to quit your, your day job six months ago? <laughs> I know right
1: before everything went crazy.
0: That's yeah, I mean, that's but congratulations on the success of Beast Lens, which we'll, we're going to get into now. And, and just uh, for the listeners, very light spoiler alert. I mean, I, I do go into some pages, but no worries there. I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil Beast Lens. And uh, tell me, like, a little bit about the, the team that you gathered here. Uh, Joe Mi-jong, is that how you pronounce her name?
1: I'm not really sure how you pronounce her last name. We've only communicated through emails through the past few years. So she's from South Korea. Um, I reached out to her back in 2018 to work on her first comic, and I got lucky. She wanted to work with me. Um, She used to work in the game industry, and now she does comics full-time since she started working with me. I think she's doing some other work for Boom Studios, but yeah, her art's amazing. Um, She's my co-creator and co-owner of Peace Lens.
0: Home run. And how (laughs) how did you find Joe?
1: Uh, I think just on Twitter I saw her work and she did some like fan pages. so I, I reached out to see if she wanted to collaborate on the comic and she was like, uh, I need a day to think about this And then luckily she got back to me and was was ready to work and now we've been kind of communicating through emails over almost two years now. So
0: I, I dig the uh, the variant cover to slightly exaggerate it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I had that to, she did? I always try to get variant covers from her for all my other work. I, I'm a big fan of her work.
0: Sweet. You know, you have my address, uh, just in case you got any <laughs> extra copies lying around. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that man, uh, hold on to her as long as you possibly can. Um, you know, keep, uh, give her what she needs to uh, keep her on the payroll. <laughs>
1: I will keep her as happy as I can. I mean, I'm, I just feel lucky to work with such a talent. I mean, I think she could blow up and be huge in the industry. So if she wants to keep making comics, uh, as long as she wants to keep making comics with me, I'll keep working with her. Um, we've already talked about next stories after Beastlands uh, years later. So hopefully it all works out, work, works out.
0: Oh, exciting stuff. Tell me about some of your your earlier work that I may not be familiar with so we can hear the titles and you can maybe give me a little the pitches on some of the stuff you've done. Because you've done a few other things and you worked with Scout like, tell me what uh, some of your other stuff was.
1: Let's see. So my, one of the first things I made was called the Dragon's Kin with in, Hi- in hiatus Studios. Um, Dragon's Kin. The Dragon's Kin. Oh, okay. And that was for a uh, anthology um, that was, uh, that they published like in this hardcover or softcover book. Um, and then I, The Wild Cosmos was the first series that I Kickstarted, and that got picked up by Scout Comics. Nice. But it hasn't been released by them yet. It's still uh, I'm still releasing it through Kickstarter, and then the deal we have in place, uh, once I finish all five issues, they'll start to release it through uh, Diamond to comic shops and everything.
0: Nice. Tell me the, the quick pitch on those, if you will, from those two titles.
1: Uh, the Wild Cosmos is about a space captain that has to capture a magical girl and trade her to enemy pirates to get his crewmate back.
0: Okay, I'm in check.
1: And then um, the Dragon's Kin was just uh, a kind of like a one shot. It was a uh, about this uh, samurai fantasy world about a girl that has to escape and find her destiny. But it was just uh, 22 pages. We never continued that one.
0: Well, you had me at samurai, so double check. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fantastic. I'm definitely going to look into that, and you listeners uh, should just to kind of see your your uh, you know your your origin story there. That's fantastic, and. uh Okay, so let's break down some stuff about Beastlands. Lens. Uh, how free did you let Joe go? Were, were you deeply involved in the design and the and the perspectives, or was it just kind of an open script to Joe, like here you go, Joe, go crazy, like like how where where were you in that?
1: I gave her a full script so so a full page breakdown and, and panel by panel descriptions but we we did the uh, main character designs and the creature designs the beast designs before we started on the script so i, I kind of had some rules i wanted to stick to like we wanted to this to be like a semi-realistic medieval world and um you can see that in the character designs oh, yeah. their, their clothing and weapons and then the beasts i want to be all based off of like real life animals um and no magical abilities anything like that so they're, they're kind of like real pets real animals that you have to care for
0: just large and in charge yeah uh,
1: large I, you can ride mountable
0: i love the keeper's design i mean even to the the font you used on the cover of each issue of beastlands it just uh it's seen it's it's just simple clean it has a you know a, just a kind of stencily kind of look to to it uh, yeah, sp- that's
1: um, uh, Lorenzo Blangiardo, this uh, logo designer that I've been lucky. He's done all of my logos for all my work, so I'll, I'll keep working with him for sure. I think he nailed it on slightly exaggerated in uh, Beastlands uh, logos. That's
0: that's the core of what really surprised me about Beastlands and why I immediately picked it up when I met you at at, at Long Beach Comic Con, is uh, is the the surprising amount of high quality you've put in here, uh, from for sort of every aspect of it. Like I said, uh, you know, logos are, you know, a key element. It's something that will initially sell you. Uh, Your covers are just vibrant and beautiful. Like Beastlands number one is this beautiful sky in the background and the keeper and Mac is there fully, you know, armed. And it's just uh, you had so many key elements of high quality going on here. Like what was that your like standard from the get go? Like you knew that or were these just kind of your ideas for your comic and you fell into them as you went along? Like, how did that happen?
1: Uh, that was probably my standard. I mean, I love, uh, as like a huge, like, uh, book design nerd and, and, uh, as a comic, uh, fan myself, like, I love like high quality stuff, stuff that's designed well, like nice logos, books that are designed well. Um, like we got every, all of our single issue comics are pretty high quality compared to most of the stuff you can find in comic shops with like a matte cover that's thick and the interior pages are glossy and thick pages as well so that's just like being like a, a comic fan like i want myself to look and feel nice in your hands
0: if i can give it a comparison to a sort of mo- a modern comic that came out a few years ago uh as far as paper quality goes and things you're mentioning there, coloring is isola have you seen that from image comics Isola. yeah yeah
1: that's one of my favorite series yeah
0: yeah uh, uh, that's what it uh what it's it spoke to me when i looked at sort of the color palette which i love that you went with a lot of like browns and gr- and greens and rich kind of oranges and and blues like was that color palette all you or was it hey joe go crazy
1: no that's all that that part is all J- joe go crazy i'll give her notes so oh, like man. the start of issue two i be like it, it's a sunset sky and then she comes back to me with like that pretty pink sky uh, it was a, a morning sun rising sky and she'll, she'll just show me that like all pink sky so that's all her
0: you weren't were you hands-on where you were like hey in page one where the king there is speaking to the crowd can we make that building a little less pink or were no. you just like joe go nuts
1: no you have to something i learned early on as a uh, like a fairly new creator you have to trust your artists, and you can't be over controlling I, I might have done that stuff in the past years ago but now i uh, i trust these artists i work with i'm fans of the work and they're professionals and and i i, I rarely have to change anything or give them feedback um, from the thumbnails the line work colors i, I kind of trust them to to tell the story that I want to tell that we want to tell together.
0: Wonderful. And, and, you know, she doesn't have a lot of published work prior to you working with her. So there was a, a, it sounds like a little bit of that leap of faith too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, we started working together in October, 2018 and yeah, it was definitely a leap to to work with an unknown artist that hasn't been published before, but obviously it was the right choice and it worked out. Like I, I kind of have art, uh, specific artists in mind for these story ideas I have. So if I can uh, try to book an artist then I'll, I'll kind of, uh, Move on to working on that story I idea, and I, I knew that her art was perfect for Beastlands.
0: Fantastic! And there's a lot that I love about about Beastlands. And one one thing I wanted to ask you about there's as, as far as the the sort of premise, the genre, if you will. There's this the, there's this mix of kind of of cute, for lack of a better word, right now, and and also of, of a youthful feel, and then very gruesome violence, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like R-rated language. Like if you, you know, I was just pleasantly surprised by how the, you're, you blended, uh, you know, pleasant, appealing, maybe anime style influenced art. uh, Saga is one that comes to mind with sort of the, the, the style of art, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you, you drop in some R-rated language and, you know, very like adult uh, gruesome violence. How did those two things come together like that?
1: Um, I mean, that's just kind of the, the kind of stories I like to tell and what I like to read. Like, I love Deadly Class, all this stuff by uh, Rick Remender, Stephen Saga. Like, that's kind of more mature stuff. So that's, that's kind of, like, influenced me. And then um, I'm, I'm a big fan of anime, though. Like, I'm a huge Studio Ghibli fan, um, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, all that stuff. So that all influences my work as well. But I like to have like more of a realistic, mature take on it. Like I I kind of pitch uh, Beastlands as like Pokemon meets Game of Thrones. Um, And it's it's a real world where your creature can die and and there's violence and you could die. And so, of course, there's going to be like cursing and stuff. Um, But I know that's turned off some people from the comic, but they didn't like the cursing and whatnot. But um, that's a uh, surprise. But it would would not be authentic if if I didn't have that in there.
0: Yeah, it's your voice. Leave it Mm -hmm. in there. Right. But. I think it's just because of the uh, the coloring style, the art style. it surprises people. they you yeah, know, yeah, don't sort of true. see it coming mm-hmm. but uh I like that surprise I, i've read I've been reading comics for like over thirty years, so anytime that a comic can surprise me, even for the smallest subtle thing, like the f bomb that was dropped on like you know page one
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm did- uh, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm happily yeah, surprised that to show the, uh, the dire of the situation. They kind of had these like scavengers, the sketchy look sc- sketchy group of uh, people attacking them. So it was a dire situation.
0: Yeah. And as I uh, skip over to, I-, I-, I love your cliffhangers, man. Like you've got them down. Like, what uh was there anything in particular that influenced you with that kind of heavy cliffhanger because it, you um you said you're influenced by sort of a lot of the modern stuff and image comics and so on not any of the old timey things um you know golden age et cetera, where they're heavier into the cliffhangers where did that come from for you where where did you cuz man you have heavy cliffhangers where did you what 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 influenced you for that to make sure that's a part of your. Yeah, I haven't life?
1: read it like really any golden age or anything or anything too old. Um, I, I read a lot of more modern comics, so I guess that's just my um, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of video games and movies and TV shows as well. I think a lot of TV show, TV shows do really good cliffhangers between episodes like Game of Thrones um, or any other top TV out there. I guess all of that just has kind of influenced me. Um, I'm glad you like the cliffhangers. I mean, I think that's an important part of comics between issues, especially to keep uh, readers interested for the next issue.
0: Yeah, good job. It's serialized. I mean, maybe Um, uh, you did you ever read any like Robert Kirkman stuff, you know, from Invincible to Walking Dead?
1: I've read a little bit of Walking Dead, but not really much uh, Kirkman stuff. I want to check out Firepower. I've heard that's good. I've only yep. read like the first hardcover of Walking Dead. I haven't read any Invincible. I know people love that one. I need to check that out.
0: Yeah, if you just like skip through, don't do this. But I mean, if you were to skip through and like look at the last page of every, um, you know, a lot of his work, it's like it's uh it's just WTF cliffhangers, <laughs> and uh and you you got that going, man. So hats off. Like I like that aspect of beastline. Thank you, thank you. I really really do. And uh, some of the design stuff I loved, like page one of uh, issue number two, which I have like in front of me. Um, it it's it's just it's absolutely beautiful. As uh, I'm as, as I'm looking at it right here. The cover, by the way, I love with, um, Ava and her keeper. Uh, it's kind of He-Man like on that cover there, or sort of what it reminds me of, uh, as she's with her tiger eagle. Oh yeah, yeah. But the uh, oh, but the page uh, that I'm th- this the sort of sequence opening sequence of issue two of Beastlands, is when uh, the young kid, which I forgot her name or it starts with an R, um, uh, Ping or Ping is uh, looking for Ava. And you have some cut panels here with some interesting perspectives. And you have this strange looking bird that's sort of in the foreground, that's crossing over panels. I adored this opening sequence. Like, were you all hands-on? Was this scripted out by you? Or is it a little more Joe? Or just again, the synergy the two of
1: you have? Synergy that we both have working together. I definitely scripted it out uh, for how many panels we were gonna have on the page. And that it was ping running back, jumping over a log, screaming Ava's name. But uh, before we started that issue, since Beastlands uh, number one was the first uh, comic that Joe ever drew, like we kind of uh, chatted on an email and said that like what goals we had going into issue two. We wanted to show some more of like these random creatures in the world and kind of incorporate that into the uh, into like the background and foreground of panels. So that was her like adding the bird down there and uh, just kind of show more of like that weird fantasy world where there's not just keepers, but there's also these like fantasy creatures in the background.
0: Yeah like your your um your flower frogs that you have going on or um Yeah that was all Joe. Yeah. The, I, I think or... I might
1: have wrote in the panel description that there's like a running river with some like maybe lily pads and like fish and then she came back with like the, the frogs. So it was awesome.
0: If there's no name for them I'm sub- I'm submitting uh tulip toads.
1: I like that tulip toads. We'll call just, them tulip toads.
0: <laughs> just in case you know you haven't you have a name for it I'm submitting to you. <laughs> flower for flower frogs was my other one but i, I kind of like tulip toads
1: i like tulip toads now right I
0: sweet but I, I love that um was this just part of your script writing or did this change uh, did you have to sort of pivot it seemed as you're going along from issue one two and three which are available right now by the way on kickstarter and four and five are coming right as your volume one completion
1: Yep. Yeah, four is already drawn and done. Um, We just have to get that lettered, and then we have about 15 pages left of five. So once we get the money from Kickstarter, we should be almost ready to get four and five printed.
0: Nice. And so there's, I love that there's some subtle things you do with uh, characters in the far background to give sort of scale in the uh, in the size of the land. Where they're even, you've even colored them the same. But if you look like in the early part of season two or uh, issue two like it's colored the same but there there's two people are riding a keeper in the background and like it's 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 you want to live in this world is what i'm telling folks right now live in the world a little bit look in the far background you've you've put some little attention to detail there and i love that
1: thank you i'm glad you noticed it um that is some stuff i wrote like we want this to be a, a real world so like issue 3 there's like a spread when they're in the kingdom and you see like people with these lanterns and I, and there's not it's a wordless panel but it's like a spread panel and i'm not sure if everybody's going to catch some of like the subtleties in there, but yeah, I like subtle storytelling. Like sometimes just having stuff in the background in the world, just just to kind of like teach you more of how this world works.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like replay value in video games, right? It's like playing it again and having another little experience. I find those things in the deep background of comics just uh, makes a little. It's all worth the money, you know. They yeah. have a little extra. So hats mm-hmm. off, man. Uh, cheers. Way to go on that. And it, was it a conscious thing? What I was getting to before was it a conscious thing? As as far as it seemed, the art got bigger and bolder uh, as as the issue was going along. Like you didn't necessarily start with large uh, splash pages, but they're getting more uh, as as it's going along. Is that part of a, a conscious plan?
1: Uh, that might be like sort of Joe uh, developing as a as a comic artist, and she used to work in the video game industry, and then also just sort of my uh, I, I definitely love spreads and splash pages. So it's just uh, kind of issue to issue how I write it. Like I want to make sure it's paced well, and then I mean I love to have as many spreads and splash pages as we can, but you got to kind of build up to those and have the correct pacing.
0: Man, is, is that you're just like I said? Don't let Joe go anywhere, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I know
1: I'm, I'm super lucky to be working with her.
0: <laughs> Do not like like about page nine of Beastlands, everyone on issue number two. There's this uh, you're you went into these horizontal cuts of panels. Uh, for this particular page where the keeper is being, uh, you know, uh, like netted up. It's being captured. This keeper is being captured. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the sliced panels there, how you go horizontal panels and they're sort of cut at different angles. And the onomatopoeia there as the as the keeper just explodes. A just absolute thing of just comic pure goodness. Yeah, like,
1: that was all Joe. I mean, I scripted it out to how many panels, but I don't like to be too controlling. Like I said, like I'm not going to tell her i rarely will tell them the artist what camera angle and like how to lay it i expect them to kind of lay out the page themselves um like i want them to be free to contribute to it so that was all her yeah
0: man that's so cool and uh how about the bonus content i'm a big fan again it just seems like it's more for your buck you uh you like to put at the end of all of your issues of beastlands just a a little something little gallery little uh, you know little sort of sketches and such um, is that something in particular you really like when you read a comic?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you pick up trades or uh, sometimes you have letter columns in and, the and back of the single issues. Like, I love all that back matter stuff. And then I, I usually have the extra pages anytime, anyways because you have to print at, like, by four. So if it's 28, the next one up would be 32. So if I have the extra pages, I would rather stick it with um, some stuff that people might want to see rather than just, like, ads or blank pages or anything.
0: Fantastic. Stay with that. That's a as a as a time comic book reader it's something i appreciate and i love and so i stay with it
1: for sure i'm glad you like it
0: oh well as i as i'm into issue three uh there's a uh there's a, just a, a seriously tense action scene where mac is thrown into the keeper jail and uh, also issue number three just such great character development about mac what can you uh what can you tell us there like what, you know that you um what inspired you there to kind of go into a little deeper dive with that character mac here
1: uh, i mean this uh that was that was the plan all along i had the first five issues outlined so i knew that issue three was going to focus on mac and kind of a flashback and, and i'm glad that it paid off i'm glad he liked it because I, I did get some feedback where people weren't really connecting with mac um i mean i'm sure there was plenty of people that liked it but uh, i did get a few people that weren't sure about him as a main character, so I'm glad that that uh, you kind of see how he got his keeper, what happened to his father, um, and there's still a lot of questions about him though. But uh, I wanted to show more about him and uh, and show how he's changed already as a character, and then how he's going to change throughout this uh, this first volume.
0: Yeah, you definitely did it. He's a different character from the beginning of the issue three to the end, and that is just such a beautiful, warm sequence. Uh, There's a beautiful splash page with showing uh, Max sort of home uh, farmland with his dad and sunset in the background. It's a little bit Star Wars, a little bit of Tatooine there, you know, and it it was it's just gorgeous with the silhouette of that that ostrich peacock keeper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, yeah, that's a beautiful. That's one of my favorite pages for the whole series. Beautiful page that Joe made. I mean, I. That's another thing. I mean, I wrote it with. Uh, I kind of wanted the silhouette of them with the big sun in the background on the farm, and then, of course, it's it's always ten times better than I pictured it when I get the art back from her.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just beautiful to just kind of sit there and they like again the rich coloring that was done here is just beautiful and that cut panel with the silhouette in the center it's just the sunlit and it's orange and it's just it's warm and beautiful and it also not only is the, are the, is the, the art uh, conveying those feelings but what's happening is very warm and beautiful it's like this moment with his dad and like a, is there is there a a bunch of you personally, like like your own personal story and who you are in Beastlands. I've talked to a lot of writers. You know, they put themselves. Like, oh, how yeah. much? How much are you in Beastlands? Like you?
1: A lot of me for sure. I mean, I I think that's important for writers. I mean, I think that's something I learned early on. As I keep making stories, I think I, I keep improving. And I mean, even issue to issue, I feel like I'm improving as a writer. The more you write, the better you'll get. And an important thing I learned early on was for sure putting some of yourself into your work and and just telling a as personal story as you can. Um, I think that'll only make it better. Um, besides sharing like your personal philosophy and everything, but just putting like your own experiences and uh, any flaws you have into these stories. Uh, Beastlands was originally based off of uh, uh, caring for like a, my my dog. I got a dog in my mid 20s. She was hit by a car, uh-huh. um, and luckily she lived. But it was like a pretty traumatic thing where I had to carry her back um, to the vet in my arms. I thought she was dying, uh, but she made it. And oh. then uh, just like trying to, I knew I had to figure out to put that experience into a, uh, into a story. But yeah, it was kind of a rough recovery for her, but luckily she's, she's hundred percent now.
0: And that's a little bit of the keeper influence there. These, these animals Definitely. that are
1: there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like caring and loving for a pet. And in, in this beastlands world, these keepers can die if you, if you're not a good owner, if you're not a good companion.
0: What's your dog's name? Ellie. Ellie. Well, that's cool. I'll think of Ellie now as I see your keepers in Beast <laughs> Are there any little other Easter eggs uh, of little things, simple things that are you in there, little hidden Easter eggs by chance?
1: Uh, I would say uh, Max character development, him trying to do everything on his own and uh, realizing that he needs some help from his friends. And I mean, he even pushed away his own keeper in issue one. uh um, uh, I've, I've probably tried to do stuff on my own too much and, and realizing that you need help from family, friends. Um, it's good to have a supporting cast around you.
0: Some of that, like coming from Maryland to here when you were 19 by yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's pretty close to it. Yeah. Moving across the country on my own uh, as a young kid and kind of growing up now into my late 20s.
0: How do you feel about it now?
1: Um. I mean, I've I've kind of made it work for me, but it was it was a rough experience. I mean, yeah. you're you're on your own in a new state, uh, but I, I've made it work for me.
0: That's good, man. I, yeah. I I'm so excited to read uh, more of your work. I, you know, from here on out, you've got me. So, doesn't matter what you do, um, you got you got me here as a fan. So th- thank awesome you. That's awesome to hear. Thank you. And uh, bonus three, bonus uh, content at the end of uh, issue three, you make a dedication. Uh, there's a this beautiful picture of Mac. Uh, Mac's dad and his, uh, I like the, uh, it looks like a lassie, uh, collie eagle. I mean, you call it a lassie eagle. And it, it's there in memory of Molly. Can you tell that, us a little bit about that?
1: Actually, a Kickstarter award from issue three. A, uh, it was a commission that, that a reward was available. Um, if they backed it, then they would get their, them and a pet, uh, drawn into the Beastlands world. So that was a, uh, a Kickstarter backer named Ethan. And that was his, uh, I guess it was a collie that uh his dog had passed away. So he wanted to kind of uh put him and the dog into the Beastland's world. So they got a full page on the uh in the back of the book.
0: It's a beautiful like it's an old term you probably have maybe haven't heard of Lassie, this old TV show about this collie. Yeah,
1: yeah I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it looks uh it looks like that. And what was um what was it was Ethan's uh what was the collie's name? That's picture Molly. Molly. Yeah. Man, it's a uh, it's beautiful. I, I was a little scared to just ask that question because, you know, I, I was, and part of me was thinking, man, he's going to tell me this gruesome story of someone that, you know, is no longer <laughs> no. with us.
1: <laughs> no, it was just a Kickstarter reward, yeah. And his, huh. uh, his dog had passed. So it was a cool way to honor his dog. I mean, dogs are a big part of our lives. I mean, any pet is. And then uh, we still have that Kickstarter reward available on this uh, current one. I think we had two of them, and I think one one person has bought one so far. So we still have one left.
0: Nice. Well, that's great. Where we
1: great. kind of, like, design your pet into the, uh, any pet, it could be anything, a fish, and we will kind of, like, design it into the Beastlands world together.
0: Oh, very cool. I'm going to have to look into that, because I've had a couple of very weird-looking pets in my history, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hoping we get some weird stuff. I don't know what this, uh, what the person that backed it right now, maybe, it could be a turtle, who knows?
0: I'm going to have to look into that, but, uh... Man, the uh, how you left on issue three, like, I can't wait to read four. You went deeper into the world and kind of uh, flushing some of what this world looks and feels like. Are we going to get more of that going into four and five? Can you give us what's coming?
1: Definitely more of that. Like, I... I like to kind of like world build like through the story without telling you too much exposition or just like kind of over explaining everything. I like to leave a lot of questions and kind of like subtly uh, tell the story like you were saying or tell the, tell the world building as you were saying. But issue yes. four focuses on Ping and Luna now that uh, after what happened to Ava in issue two. And then issue five will be kind of the reunion of the friends and focus more on the kingdom and uh, what's happening there with all the keepers
0: nice so there's a coming together then also in four and five because i do like your your way of if your fract you know your your fractured storytelling if you will you know from where you even go into the past or you even take this one part of the story that begins in this journey and they're looking for you know max the trail of Max's father but then you sort of you know fractalize that storyline um i love all that because you're you're weaving a mystery and you and you do a good job of not explaining it via you know thought bubbles etc so is there more of that coming together in issue four and five?
1: Yeah, there's more, still more weaving. Like issue issue four is all all ping, and you don't see much of uh, Mac or anyone else. Um, but then, yeah, issue five is is uh, kind of the reunification of everything, and you kind of see where everyone ended up.
0: Fantastic! I can't wait. I can't. That's that's fantastic. And uh, everyone, you gotta look at this in memory of Molly. As I'm staring at it right now with the, with the the collie Molly here it's it's just beautiful and it's just uh the oranges and browns my goodness
1: yeah it's definitely a beautiful commission that joe did amazing work
0: all right so as we move on from beastlands thank you my friend that was that was fantastic uh, i highly recommend everyone listening go and read beastlands immediately issue one through three go to kickstarter and we'll give all the plugs here towards the end so we, you can find everything but let's talk about let's talk about the the newest uh, bit of your work which is slightly exaggerated issue number one Man, uh, this just wowed me, and I read this rather quick, and I, first off, I got to just say I loved a bunch of it, and the coloring was just bananas. Like, uh, what, did you have anything to do with this, these strange sort of neons and these, you know, and, and just this, this, these tones of, like, strange bits of purple and green and yellow? Like, did you have to do with this kind of weird, out there, very bright, vibrant color palette?
1: It's mostly just my my co-owner and uh, collaborator on that one is Pius Bach. He's in Lithuania, and uh, that's uh, I'm, I was a huge fan of his, of his work. He's kind of been around in the indie scene. I saw him on one other Kickstarter project, so he's someone that I had the story idea for that I wanted to work with, and then I got the chance to work with him on this series. Uh, that'll be a four issue series, um, but that's just him. That's his art style. I kind of like a, we, we were brainstorming and we wanted this to be like a whimsical fantasy story but still mature though so it's kind of like got a lot of uh studio ghibli um influence on it but that that's all him that's his style i love his style as well
0: you another serious find man this this uh he's one to watch for too His art pious bach fantastic and uh studio ghibli man have you been have you seen the hbo max like studio ghibli channel
1: I just saw that I had HBO Go and I didn't realize that you can have that uh, HBO Max if you had HBO Go. So I just logged in maybe last week and I saw they have like their whole library on there finally on streaming. So I'm excited to watch all that. Me Which too. Which is perfect because they used to come out like in the theaters like a, once a month. And I, I used to love to go and rewatch them. But now because of the uh, the virus, the theaters are all shut down. So it's kind of a chance to rewatch them.
0: I know I worry about theaters. Like what's going to happen, right? Like,
1: Yeah. I love the whole theater experience, but I'm scared they're going to all shut down.
0: Comic book shops and movie theaters. Right now, I'm like just like every day crossing my fingers and just hoping that you know they can get out of this.
1: Yeah, I hope they can hang in there. Both are very important, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially for you in the world of comics. But yeah. let's let's talk about slightly exaggerated. Uh, tell, is this available now? Is this Kickstarter? Can I get this? Um, on, it's available
1: a... on the site, uh, to infinitystudios.com. Um, I have all my comics available there, and then we'll we'll have the issue two coming later this year
0: fantastic you know i don't actually have a hard copy edition of a paper copy of (laughs) us like just just a little hint (laughs) hint anyway um i i'll tell everyone right now if you like indiana jones or you like saga or you like sea of stars you read sea of stars
1: i did yeah i have that one
0: or uh one from vault comics i love zojaquan Actually, i'm probably pronouncing that wrong have you have you heard of zojaquan
1: yeah i've only read the first issue of that one but i really
0: like that one as well dude stick with it um there were some rough release dates there so it was a little fragmented in that regard but now you can just like read all five issues but uh a lot of that comes to mind it's an amalgamation of all those things if you like any of that you're gonna absolutely love slightly exaggerated so wh- where did this concept come from where did this story uh, how did this come out of your head
1: um well like you said you kind of like uh those influences you kind of nailed it like definitely um indiana jones tomb raider uncharted into this like studio ghibli world um but besides that the more deeper thing putting something personal in there it's kind of like my um i'm an atheist so it's kind of like trying to tell this atheist story but that that isn't like preaching it's it's uh it's kind of like being an atheist but but still doing the right thing and and uh in, in like restoring order even if it's not what you believe in
0: yeah i got that i initially and i do like that it's it's subtle you're not you're not in your face about it you know but mm-hmm. there there's this moment where these uh the people that have captured the main character woman help me with her name again
1: um ava or M- no ava. uh that is mia ava mia is yeah
0: she is captured and they have a prayer moment. And that prayer moment, uh, she decides not to take part in it, which is fine. And they tell her, like, it's illegal not to yeah. uh, pray. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I think I've that I, to me that triggered the concept or the core of this comic. Am I right or close?
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah.
0: Phenomenal. And I love the pages that you shared on your Instagram, by the way. You guys can follow them on at Curtis Clow, it's just it's Curtis and C L O W. Uh, which uh, I love that you shared some of those pictures of slightly exaggerated. They're just gorgeous. Um, this has some phenomenal art in it, man. Wow.
1: Yeah, his uh pies is art. Yeah, I mean, I'm. A, I hope that's another person that I hope to work with uh, for many years. Like we we collaborate well together and we communicate on uh, Facebook Messenger anytime we have any questions. So we'll be start starting uh, issue two work soon. He's doing some work for Boom as well now.
0: Oh man! Again, hold on as long as uh, humanly possible. Uh, yeah but uh the sea of stars uh, there i love the sort of flying you know uh, these these flying uh, ocean creatures uh that are are strangely colored
1: hammerhead pterodactyl things like that's uh for that series that we just want to go as crazy as possible the flying wheel so there's going to be even more crazy stuff in the next issues
0: and again kind of shocking because you do have this uh it has like a young adult kind of um you know anime like i said saga fiona staples kind of feel but 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 at the same time you just go kind of with the with the I, like i hear your voice and i think that's very important with comics like uh just getting to know you a smidge and talk to you and seeing the the you know the vernacular used it's it's you and i dig that
1: i'm glad yeah that's uh as a writer i think that's what you hope for that people can tell your style and tell the way these characters speak from uh from, from who you are and your personal, any, anything personal that you put into these stories.
0: And what a cool mystery. Like she has some sort of, uh, you know, growth, sort of an illness that's happening to her in this insane, fantastical, beautiful, you know, landscape. And she's kind of this free spirit. I like that. She's just kind of this like space hippie, if you will, like yeah. Indiana Indiana Jones space hippie. And this um this like uh, this creature, this Jiminy Cricket, if you will.
1: The little frog, uh, Winston, her little companion, yeah. are they're kind of going around robbing together. She's uh, She's got the growth on her arm. She's dying, and she thinks she only has a few weeks left. So she just wanted to kind of spend her last weeks rich and enjoying life. And now she's going to be faced with this uh, decision where she could try to restore order and, and spend her last weeks doing that or spending her last weeks you know, enjoying her life. And, I mean, she's kind of locked up now, so she's going to be kind of forced to.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, there's more coming into this world you're building there and I can't wait. And the opening sequence again with this, uh, her her small toad companion or Jiminy Cricket companion um, it's calling her out on being, a, you know, she's like, I'm an archaeologist. And, he, and he's like, well, you're a grave robber. And uh, it's that whole thing that, you know, that we've all said about Indiana Jones, you know, he's this... He's this guy stealing stuff from ancient tombs And she's like, no And she's like, well, okay, fine, that's who I am Like, she just admits it (laughs) And I really, really like that She just uh, she seems very honest, very brash But uh, she's a character that you just sort of Immediately get behind Is she someone in your life? Is there, again, that little personal twist there you've added?
1: Uh, Probably something that I would want to be Kind of more of a free spirit And not uh, not care about rules and regulations as much Okay Um, but not necessarily who I am or anything. Definitely like a character that I had to brainstorm and write on.
0: Nice. That's cool. That's good. And that's, any Easter eggs in here that are you? Any any Curtis Easter eggs in this?
1: I mean, her views on the whole world and atheism, that that's definitely a correlation. And then um, you kind of have the, the authority character, Lacey, who's kind of like the opposite of her, and they're going to kind of not have to meet in the middle on this journey that they have over the next three issues.
0: Yeah, you can see that her immediately, the the cadet that helped capture her right it just mm-hmm. comes from the very opposite end of the cloth
1: follows every rule uh does her prayer on time everything like that
0: yeah and they and their initial meeting i love that she's just completely naked you know there she <laughs> is with these uh you know almost uh, nazi like high boots that they're wearing and everything you couldn't have uh, contrasted any better
1: yeah i'm glad you noticed that that was definitely on purpose to uh, the kind of like the free spirit versus the uh yeah the full dressed authority
0: are we going to get more on Winston, her her lovable little sidekick? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Winston will be in the in the story as well. Um, Winston, Lacey, and, and uh, Mia.
0: I just want like a like a just a side, you know, like an issue three of just like Winston's origin, his beginning, and like you know where he was like in a in a space lily pond, you know, and there's <laughs> and awesome, there's yeah. and there's tulip toads there. You can just cross the world over, you know,
1: bring it's it together. One shot on Winston. I'm not against that.
0: Do it! I, you know, I'm just saying uh, That's my two cents But uh, man, you uh, everybody Go and check this out, go and check everything out That Curtis Clow is doing And this is slightly exaggerated, issue number one What's the future of it? When's uh, Two coming? Like, give us the break Is it on Kickstarter now? Like, tell, tell me how I can Get it, and when's the next stuff coming out
1: So um, uh, Beastlands 4 and 5 is still on Kickstarter So in a few months we'll be launching Probably slightly exaggerated number two on there Um, I got to talk with Pius to figure out his schedule, when we'll have time, but it's definitely coming later this year, and then we're going to try to get through the next three issues pretty quickly after that. And then we already had a a publisher signed with to release the trade of that one, so we we can't talk about who yet. It hasn't been announced, but I'm really excited for that.
0: Yeah, on your Instagram, too, you can go right to the Kickstarter really quickly and easily. It's on your Instagram, Curtis Clow, and uh, there's just a link there, uh, beastlandscomic.com. It'll go right to the Kickstarter so you can get to it. And uh, Or on 2infinitystudios.com. Uh, you can buy everything there, right? Yep, yeah. That's That's your own self-published uh, publishing house, right? That's yours? Yeah,
1: I had to, I had to put it under something. Uh, curtiscloud.com is kind of my portfolio site, and then I, I just felt like I had to have my own like self-publishing brand to sell my stuff and release it all under.
0: I saw on your uh, CurtisCloud, curtiscloud.com, you were also uh, influenced by uh, Jason Brubaker.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jason's someone as a as a new creator years ago. He's someone that uh, I think a lot of people saw online with his uh, blogs and videos and all the stuff that he does to help other creators.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm a fan as well. Well, Curtis, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I could keep you here all day. I wanna, uh, you know, I know you're exhausted. I know I I I, I ran you down with my barrage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fun. It's always fun to talk comics. But creation. thank you. Yeah. Yes.
0: Anywhere else uh, people can find you? I think we gave all the plugs, but uh, just in case I missed anything.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, Curtis Clow, like you said, on Twitter and Instagram. And I have a Facebook page as well. And then uh, the Kickstarter is at BeastLandsComic.com. Well,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure. You brought joy to my life with your comics. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, we'll get you on again. I'd love to have you on, uh, see how everything goes. when We're at the end of five. Would you Would you like to come back on to the Sunspots Comics podcast in the future?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. We, we have some publishing news for Beastlands and Slightly Exaggerated as far as the trades go. So definitely we'll come back on and talk about that stuff.
0: Wow. Well, thank you again, Curtis. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, talk to you again very soon. And, man, keep up the great work. And like I said, lock, out, lock your team down. Just do what you got to do. <laughs> definitely.
1: <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Whoa. That was pretty epic right there, right? Uh, man, I hope you enjoyed that. I definitely did. Uh, curtis Claw is one to watch he's a comic book creator with formidable strength one that you should definitely read all of his work and follow and uh, social media stock and all of that uh, thank you again curtis clow that was just an absolute delight and pleasure to have you on the podcast so thank you and don't forget to follow him at curtis clow on everything and get beast Lens and get slightly exaggerated man it's just such high quality stuff he's crushing it on kickstarter you gotta check it out but uh thanks again and, and uh we'll talk to you next week uh, we're probably gonna have uh back to volume one uh talk with me and my co-host michael norris so tune in for that we'll um he hasn't picked what he His uh, his pick of the week yet. So I don't know what I'm reading. But it will be uh, announced very soon. So thank you very much for tuning in. If you want to help the Sunspots Comics Podcast... Just give us a five-star review on iTunes with a with a little positive blurb. would be very appreciated. If you want to take it to the next level of support uh, for the Sunspots Comics podcast, go to sunspotscomics.com slash support. Give us a little donation. We would seriously appreciate that. So, hey, stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and read some comics, a big old pile of them. And to be continued! If you're
1: looking
0: for a place where we shared the same for the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow where the no further friends the adventure never ends we will save the world somehow in sunspots comics now.